0: Welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Clonie, and I'm going to be taking over for Sammy for the next few weeks. And I'm Lee. hey. And this is episode 41. We're going to be discussing chapters uh, 1 to 10, I believe. So where do we start? We start with Amy. I
1: honestly completely forgot um, where Lodestar left off. Yeah. I haven't read Nightfall since it came out. So,
0: that was the first book I had to wait for and that was like painful having to wait months to get that. And I, I didn't even have to do the full wait, but it hurt. So yeah, Amy, that's that's a lot. <laughs> the other um
1: the other cliffhanger in Lodestar was Mr. Forkle's death. Oh
0: right, Mr. Forkle's but... dead. I keep forgetting about that, because <laughs> that didn't last very long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: but we don't touch on the aftermath of that in the part that we're covering today, so I
0: didn't really remember that either. (laughs) The first chapter is really kind of a lot of exposition, and that's kind of how it tends to be at the beginning of the books, which is helpful if you're like me and have a really bad memory. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But kind of but kind of less helpful if you're reading the books all at once and you're like, no, I already know this stuff. I want story. Mm-hmm.
1: Can we, can we skip the recap? I don't need a previously on. So Sophie's human parents have been
0: kidnapped. That's bad. Yes, that's not good. Kidnapping. Don't do it. <laughs> and they spend a while just sort of talking to Amy. Oh, and Keith made another of his... Trademark excellent decisions and gave some blood to Finton apparently. Great job, dude. Yeah, that that's a good Keith decision, T M. Uh huh. I love Keith, but he he's not he's just not making the best decisions.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Most of the yeah, decisions are like, <laughs> and I know I use this for everything, but Sophie reading the Ogre King's mind, was with that. You're not wrong. Uh, oh boy. Although Keith does later on in this book fight the Ogre King. So that might be.
1: I do really like um one of my favorite things in Nightfall was how much like well we didn't get a lot but we got um like Sophie and Amy bonding time which I thought was like really great because I don't know. I just
0: Yeah I thought that was so sweet. I wish we could like have more of that, but we can't.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just really like Amy. I don't know why, but I really
0: like her. So, like, yeah, Amy is sort of like, because Sophie has sort of become so, like, used to the album world, Amy is kind of a nice, I don't know, version of the Sophie we got at the beginning, who isn't really a part of this world and is sort of more of an outsider perspective. She's also a lot
1: easier for, like, us to relate to, I think. Because, like, she's just an average person.
0: Yeah, like, even Sophie, among humans, wasn't normal. I mean, she could read mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But Amy's just sort of like a normal kid. And she's suddenly part of this whole thing. Yeah. I don't know.
1: It's just like a... She's a really nice, refreshing change of pace back to, like, the extremely mundane normalness of like human life i mean like when they take her back to the lost cities i'm pretty sure it said she was wearing a doctor who t-shirt so yeah
0: i also like how shannon will just randomly um remind us that she is a huge nerd (laughs) yeah this is one of my favorite things yeah so alden is making one of his more you know, ever-so-trustworthy moments. I'm just speaking, like, fluent sarcasm this entire episode. I'm sorry. Uh, But yeah, so he drugs everyone. Great job, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, that'll definitely not
1: cause trust issues at all.
0: I guess he kind of deserved having to smuggle a cat down a down a whirlpool for <laughs> his crimes
1: yeah yes
0: like you know what you deserve to be kind of clawed by a cat
1: <laughs> like that sucks but you probably deserved it dude
0: okay what, what else happens oh
1: livy livy's cool yes. we love livy she's also great i love livy so much yes she's awesome we have a lot of good characters in this book the Lost Cities literally has two doctors, but they're both great. <laughs> okay, but like Livy and um, Elwin, they're like peak MLM WLW solidarity, right? Yeah,
0: for real. <laughs> they both just give off give off such strong not straight vibes. I was <laughs> absolutely. I. Was so tempted on the talking about unlocked episode to make a joke about it. It sucks that Elwin's husband wasn't home for the whole portion we spent at his house. <laughs> you shut I know, up! I just you like, didn't up. get the chance, but I'm making it here. Hi. <laughs> this is just every time on I come on this podcast, we end up either making Dedric jokes or I end up talking about something really gay. <laughs>
1: Although, I mean, speaking of that, um, there was one point, it was later when Sophie and um, Amy were, like, talking. And um, Sophie was like, which, which name do you want me to use for you? And Amy was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it doesn't really feel like either of them fit. And, like, one of my favorite headcanons for the longest time has been non-binary Amy.
0: Oh, my God. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> I don't know why. It,
1: it that's just my favorite thing. And like I am honing in on that little detail because it supports my headcanon.
0: <laughs> I that that is just a god tier headcanon. I'm sorry. I have to stop and just be happy for a second. Let's move. I I noticed that um that Levy said the Forkle left the reasons that he picked Sophie's parents to himself um and Sophie asks is there anyone else in the collective who would know why and Libby says maybe and I just now realized that she's talking about other forkles
1: oh my gosh yeah yeah well would she have known like do you think everyone else in the black swan probably found out about the forkles before um the kids did
0: I think everyone else knows about the
1: Forkals. That's interesting. I didn't even notice that, honestly.
0: <laughs> okay, and another th- thing I found really interesting was Livy talking about when she went to the Forbidden Cities and how much of a different perspective she had on them from, like, we've seen the Lost Cities through Sophie's perspective, who's grow- who grew up in the Forbidden Cities, but it's really interesting to see Forbidden Cities from the perspective of an elf who's lived in the Lost Cities her whole life.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Kind of reframes it and really makes you think about it.
0: I like how she wasn't how she was able to see all the issues really clearly because I mean, not the elf in society isn't just teeming with issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like. For humans, it's much more on the surface, but she also says that she sort of started to see the, be- the beauty and love, even though it wasn't the same as it was in the Lost Cities, and I thought that was interesting. How many times on this am I going to say I thought that was interesting? <laughs> I don't have anything <laughs> Me too. else to say.
1: <laughs> Fun drinking game. Take a shot of water, stay hydrated, <laughs> every time we say interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Also, every time I complain about Elven Society being bad. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. Oh, they also talked about, um, it mentioned, like, because Livian, how do you pronounce his name? Quinlan? I Quinlan? Think? Yeah, that's usually what yeah, I go it, for. It, um, it mentioned, like, their match fail, which I think is essentially a divorce,
0: yeah, I was thinking about that. I just forgot to mention it. Um which is interesting because we sort of see we sort of see matches as being this perfect I could talk a lot about the matchmaking system. Oh boy, we're gonna leave Me that too. for a different <laughs> time. Uh but they're sort of seen as, you know, trying to create this perfect offspring, which has its issues. (laughs) Yep! um, Especially for couples who, for, you know, reasons, might not be able to have biological children. But! (laughs) It's also not really, when you think about it, based around who you might be interested in. I mean, it kind of is. And most of the matches we've seen, even the ones that are "quote unquote" good matches, um, have been loving relationships. But here we sort of start to see, with Livy and Quinlan, relationships that are just that are just sort of formed to create the perfect child, don't aren't always happy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anytime someone says anytime someone says the words matchmaking system, I just sort of start talking their head off.
1: (laughs) Oh, I was gonna say that um I think it's interesting (laughs) that um even though in Elven society the matchmaking system is set up as like an end-all be all perfect relationship formula, they still have match fails, which means they clearly have like bad relationships. Despite being approved by the matchmakers. And that's definitely like one of the indications that the matchmaking system isn't as perfect as everybody paints it to be, which I appreciate that it's depicted as flawed.
0: It's really interesting how a lot of the Alvin Society just sort of seems to be about shoving the bad things in a corner and putting a blanket over them, when really there are. They're like unhealthy romantic relationships, unhealthy platonic and familial relationships, just, and just generally horrible people. And they just sort of, instead of actually dealing with that, they just sort of go, nope, that's not happening. We don't have bad stuff in the Lost Cities. (laughs) Yep.
1: What do you mean? The Lost Cities are perfect. Have you heard of this nifty thing called repression?
0: Woo! Uh, And I'm not... (laughs) I'm <laughs> not by any means trying to say that it's worse than humans, because humans humans are a mess. But like Yeah, yeah. Elves are a mess in a different way, as in the trying to pretend they're not way. We really just
1: said, hey, let's go off about um elven society.
0: <laughs> yeah, I oh god. And that's something interesting that I've seen in the books where they start out as sort of Hey, check out this cool, perfect place. And then after they sort of start to include more and more stuff that's like, even aside from like the never scene, they start to include more and more stuff that's hinting it, and then just sort of blatantly saying, the government is kind of not good here. And I don't, I don't know. You see that in a lot of in a lot of like fantasy books, or like. Well, if they're like, long enough series where you'll start out with this perfect fantasy society and then it's actually kind of a mess. So Sophie talks to Amy for a while. And I find it interesting that she sort of, she says that she, like, glosses over all the bad, like, sort of a lot of the bad stuff, but she still does eventually have to tell Amy, hey, people have died. Yeah. Oh god, did I just say I find it interesting again? I'm sorry. When <laughs> Amy asked her how she made it through all of that, and Sophie said, the same way we're going to get through this, one day at a time, one problem at a time. Each tiny bit of progress slowly adds something up to something big, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's really nice. I like that. Amy knows Livy, so that's the thing.
1: I was about to say that too, so...
0: oh good i'm glad i wasn't just like steamrolling some other point you were gonna make uh but yeah and that was about that was about the thing with the inflicting right that we found out about in legacy my memory is so foggy about everything that sounds right i think it was that. that sounds right but it's sort of interesting to see that Knowing what happens in the future. I mean, knowing if you can actually remember it, which I can't always. Livy was talking kind of like she knew a lot about telepathy, but she's never actually said what her ability is, I don't think. Not that I remember. So now I'm like, I'm curious. Is it something interesting? What if Livy is talentless? That would be interesting.
1: That would be really interesting.
0: I feel like...
1: I don't know, I feel like um, Quinlan seems like such a stickler for the rules that he definitely would not go for a bad match, though.
0: Oh, that's true, that's true. I forgot Quinlan existed for a second. (laughs) (laughs) So probably not talentless, but like... Probably not, but that would be super
1: interesting.
0: I was gonna say I feel like we need more talentless characters, and then I remembered what happened in unlocked i can't remember the names of books and that could be an interesting way to look into it through rex rex it was rex right (laughs) it was one of the it was one of the triplets
1: yeah (laughs) i can't even keep my own siblings names straight how do you expect me to keep the names of fictional minor characters who have rhyming names straight
0: yeah i i don't have any siblings and I all I almost just said I can't keep my own name straight and then I realized that was probably sneaking into another gay joke. So <laughs> I'm just thinking right now about how much I love Livy. She is she's the best. She's the best. Alright.
1: Yeah. Like listen, Elwyn has like chaotic dad energy and Livy has like sweet, caring mom
0: energy. Livy has like aunt energy. Like Livy seems like the cool aunt who would like bring who would like bring you candy and give you hugs and stuff.
1: Yeah. I want Yeah, cool cool aunt slash parental figure. (laughs) This is not me projecting
0: my issues onto books. What? Imagine projecting your issues onto books. Uh, I don't, I totally don't do that ever. (laughs)
1: definitely don't do that.
0: (laughs) Never ever projected onto a fictional character once in my life. That's totally not like (laughs) my entire coping mechanism.
1: No, no, definitely not. I have normal coping mechanisms
0: like, uh... (laughs) I have lots of coping mechanisms that aren't projecting in humor. (laughs) Okay, this is getting like a un- not cheerful way off topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is why I shouldn't be hosting episodes because I can't keep
1: things on topic. Like, if I'm in an episode, it's just gonna eventually devolve into talking about how all these characters are gay. And yeah, exactly. Why. So, like, <laughs> hi, welcome to LGBTQ headcanons
0: part two. There have been like <laughs> five parts at this point. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> this is why people complain about our podcast being too gay.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it could be
0: gayer. It could be gayer. To put it in the words of someone. But I'm totally. Thomas Sanders. Thomas Sanders! That's who it was. I just totally drew a blank. <laughs> I'm like, I know that's a I quote, should... but I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Keep from the Lost Cities, the book about which we are talking. <laughs> yes!
1: The book about which we are talking on this podcast, which is about that book series. Right. Let's see. Sophie talks to Amy about elf stuff. Elf stuff. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought it was really... Interesting? <laughs> really funny the way she... Funny the way she started out with... It all started with a field trip, a giant dinosaur model, and an especially noticeable pair of teal eyes. I just thought that was such a weird, like, sounded like the narration intro to a movie or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It totally
1: did. And it all started with a field trip, a giant dinosaur model,
0: and an especially noticeable pair of teal eyes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I just realized that because this is a podcast, no one can see me, and I was like mouthing chromatically along to <laughs> that.
1: Sophie is so dramatic. Like she claims she's not. I don't know if she does. She probably claims she's not, but like she's so over dramatic.
0: Yeah, she's just <laughs> uh, that. Flashback to the time in the first book when she was when she and Grady and Edeline got in into a fight and then and Keith like wished her like good night, like said like I hope you have a good night and she goes, Don't worry, I won't, and then goes home and listens to emo music. <laughs> <laughs> that was like peak Sophie. What an icon. Honestly. We love Sophie in this house. We do. Oh, another thing I thought it was interesting that I honestly always kind of forget about is when Amy is like, wow, are the elves, are you guys like super rich or something? Because they have like, everyone has a bunch of money. Yeah. Which is something that I always forget about, like, all the elves are super rich. I feel like that would, like, wouldn't that completely devalue currency though? It would. Yeah. Like I'm not sure how that would hold up economically. Not to be too analytical of the economic system of a middle grade fantasy, book, <laughs> but yeah, how would that work? Also, I want to live in Atlantis. Yeah, actually, no, that would be a pain to. That would be a pain to commute. It would be so pretty like, though. It's so cool. Also, I'm like really scared of drowning, so that would also be kind of. Living way under the ocean would also kind of be an issue.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would be really pretty, though. I am still continually confused about how their science works. Like, um, ha-
0: How? Indeed. <laughs> I absolutely agree with how, yeah, how. That. But- that's basically my entire take on the alvin science system, like what is what is their science
1: I don't know, but i wanna i want know how it works. I am but a simple nerd i just i just want like, i want know magical explanation beyond um. All of the human rules of science are incorrect, and things work this way, with no explanation at all. Einstein
0: was wrong.
1: <laughs> Can you just, like, give us
0: give us an explanation? It doesn't make sense. Okay, I'm sorry, I just had to share something really cute, which is wrangling a skittish cat in an exuberant bee- Beagle, wow, talking is difficult. The secret through the secret passages was definitely a process, but it helped that Marty remembered Sophie. He slunk right towards her, rubbing his big furry body against her legs and filling the air with the hum of his squeaky fur, which made me sad because I want a cat. I want a cat so much. I used to have like a giant fluffy cat. (laughs) I just want to hug a kitty. Oh my and, gosh. Like, I can't go to other people's houses and hug their kitties because COVID. Also, I think Shannon had a real Marty, but the real Marty died, which is really sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like I'm just like flipping through the book and like every time Livy does something, I'm like, oh my god, I love you. Like it it's just Livy
1: appreciation hours, okay? She's great. Speaking of adults that we're
0: actually appreciating, wow, imagine functional adults in Keeper of the Lost Cities. Gradient Italy!
1: They do pretty good. (laughs) They're so great. Yeah. They're like one of the most functional couples in the series. The other probably being um, Dex's parents.
0: Oh, I thought it was so sweet. One, like, only. Ah, uh, this entire chapter, everything, mean, just everything they did in this section was great. I'm just talking about how I love Grady and I don't mean okay? <laughs> I just love them. Yeah. Okay, also, special shout-out to Grady's T-Rex pajamas. Yes. I want some. We love Grady's T-Rex pajamas in this household. I keep saying, in this household, I have, like, a... At all times, I have, like, a rotating five phrases that I put in every single sentence. (laughs) And (laughs) I find that interesting! It's just interesting. (laughs) Also, Grady got them from Elwyn. I have to point out that Elwyn was mentioned, because Elwyn is great.
1: Yes. Elwyn. We love him. I aspire to be as much of a fashion icon as him.
0: (laughs) Yes! I was, I was doing this drawing for a Tumblr request the other day, but I couldn't think of any, and it was of Elwyn, but I couldn't think of any, uh, like, fantastical creatures, so I just drew frogs on his tunic, and that made me happy. <laughs> like, I just want to draw Elwyn wearing a frog tunic. You know what? That's, that's great. And not to bring this back to the topic we all know and love, but, like, Frogs are gay culture. They are. I want to wear frogs. Thank you. I was
1: thinking that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like, should we make it gay again?
1: <laughs> we? The answer is always yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, in in chapter 10, there was also a part where um Sophie and Edeline were looking at um. Sophie's, like, family photo album from her human family.
0: And that's just really cute. I love the fact that Sophie was a really serious baby. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to imagine baby Sophie just making the grumpiest (laughs) face.
1: Even as a baby, Sophie was an emo.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sophie was just... I feel like we have not put enough emphasis on that. Like Sophie is just emo as hell. She is. She is. Also, I have I have emotions about. Oh, Adeline saying sometimes I forget that you have a ho- that you had a whole life before you came here. That must be so sad though, because she knows that her daughter had like these whole thirteen years, and that she didn't get to be a part of them.
1: Yeah, which. Not to, not to make things even angstier, but um, oh, go ahead. That ki- you can kind of draw a parallel with that and then with Jolie being in the Black Swan and having a whole life there yeah. that her parents also didn't know about.
0: Yeah. The parallels. I'm bad at analyzing stuff, so whenever people say things in an analysis thing, I just repeat them. I'm like, yeah, you're so right, and pretend this is like actively intense. <laughs> Analyzing is not a word. Analyzing. Um I love Grady and Adeline. Yes. And I have I have so many emotions of Sophie waking up and being like, I need my family. I know it's not exactly found family because they like legally adopted her, but it is kind of found it family. Counts. That's my favorite trope. People saying I love you to their found family members for the first time always makes me emotional. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm like, the first time Sophie called Grady and Adeline mom and dad, yeah. I just broke. God, I just love them. Okay. Also, I love Iggy. I just kind of had to put that out there because they mentioned Iggy, and Iggy is great. Iggy is great.
1: Oh, when Sophie is in Grady and Adeline's room, um, they turn on like a, like light. Projector thing, and um, Grady says Jolie was afraid of the dark when she was little, so which is why they added like the lights. Isn't that cute?
0: Yeah, and edeline said that, yeah, that they wanted her to see the sh- shadows that scared her to be beautiful and powerful when we learned to take control of them. And that just that's really interesting that they're sort of thinking like that because there's sort of, it's not really emphasized that much, but there is sort of this ostracization of shades um, who can control shadows, like that's their thing. So I find it interesting that Grady and Adeline installed this thing that could control shadows. I mean, obviously not not in the way that a shade can, because as we see with Umber, Shades can do some pretty creepy stuff, like, mm, dark. No no pun intended.
1: I don't know, I could go off about, like, the themes of light and dark and Keeper of the Lost Cities if you want me to, because do I that. have a lot go of feelings off. about the themes of light and dark, because it's it's always painted as, you know, light is... Good and it's bright and healing and whatever. And then dark is like evil and hurts people and all that stuff. And I think that's super, super interesting in Keeper of the Lost Cities because, like, across the entirety of elven culture, there's just like an obsession with light. Like, they've got the crystals, they've got all of their cities are like, and their houses and stuff are all super bright. There's just a huge emphasis on like, light in their culture and like to them it represents like knowledge and stuff you know lighting the way and i think that's super duper interesting but like i feel like they don't acknowledge enough that light and dark are not necessarily opposites they're just two sides of the same coin and they can't exist without each other and like dark can be just as good as light can and light can be just as bad as dark can like um Oh, I'm, I'm trying to like think of, <laughs> okay, nope, lost, lost that train of thought. I was trying to think of like a good example, but anyway, yes, I, I think it's super interesting and I really hope that we explore that theme a lot more going forward, especially because in the recent books we had, we had the whole thing with, um, what was it? Like Stellar Loon or something? where they had the the light and the shadows combined to like do stuff. I I just really hope we explore these themes going forward because I find them so fascinating. Okay, now I'm now I'm done.
0: <laughs> One thing I found really interesting that I just thought of right now was in Lodestar when we go inside the prison in Luminaria, another light-based name, but like everything is lit up and it's designed to sort of Make, but it's it's kind of used for harm because when people don't have a steady view on time, they sort of deteriorate. Meant like, I'm <laughs> as someone who is bad with time, <laughs> but anyways, uh, but like because there's light all the time, and it's sort of, and that sort of starts to become harmful. That that. And it proves that never having dark can be bad for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think it's really good that we're sort of starting to see both sides of both coins, how light can be good and bad, how dark can be good and bad. Yeah, and we're starting to see like a lot more of the
1: gray areas, too, I think. Which, yes. Uh, yes, it's, it's a really interesting theme. And I like it a lot.
0: Obviously, <laughs> I don't know how to end the episodes, so I guess we should probably uh, share our social media. You can find us at KeeperCast on Tumblr and The KeeperCast on Instagram, and you can find me at Clawney underscore Clue on Instagram and Sewer 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 Couch on Tumblr. There, I said words. <laughs> <laughs> Good job,
1: and you can find me at puns and podcasts on both tumblr and instagram
0: okay uh this has been keepercast see you next week